The Greater Raleigh Sports Alliance is proud to support the sixth Box to Row countdown to kickoff, and we're excited to welcome head coaches from area colleges and universities to the capital city. We look forward to another fantastic season of HBCU football filled with great games, rivalries, pageantry, and unforgettable fall Saturdays. The Greater Raleigh Sports Alliance works with local partners to grow the sporting event industry in our area. The GRSA has an extensive track record of securing and hosting successful tournaments and championships, resulting in significant economic impact for the region and an enhanced quality of life for our residents. In 2022, Raleigh was named Sports Travel Best Host City. To learn more, follow us on Instagram and Twitter at RaleighNC Sports. Best of luck to all area HBCU football programs this season. The old renaissance is the new renaissance. Standing on tradition while embracing the spirit of distinction. This is the Harlem Brewing Company. Uniquely crafted beer brewed to deliver a taste, a sound, and a feeling that can only be described in one way. Harlem style. So come and take a trip on the A-Train with our Harlem Sugar Hill Golden Ale and our Harlem Renaissance Whitney, the neighborhood original. Sponsored by Harlem Beer Distributing North Carolina. For more information, log on to their website at harlembeernc.com. This is the HBCU Football Daily Podcast for today, Monday. I'm Donald Ware. Hope you had an absolutely wonderful weekend. I tell you what, camps, some camps have opened, but camps open. The majority of the camps open beginning this week. You have several, as a matter of fact, that open today. The start of the HBCU football season is on August the 26th. So if the 31st is today, that means we're 27 days 27 days away from the start of the HBCU football season, less than three, less than four weeks away from the start of the HBCU football season. And we've got you covered when it comes to talking about HBCU football Monday through Friday here on the HBCU football daily podcast. I want to talk about the CIAA today and expectations for the CIAA. And I think to talk about 2023 you have to go back to 2022 in the season uh, that happened on last year. Number one, Shawan ended up winning the CIAA's Northern Division. Now, this has been a, a Northern Division where it's been a battle for the last several years. It's clearly been, I'd say, for the last you know six or seven years, clearly, and, and more than that, really, but clearly the most competitive of the two divisions, uh, and 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 you can you can decipher that because of this. You've had division win, like Bowie State. Okay, Bowie State's won it for several years up until last year. Bowie State had won it for several years in a row, but even you know it was a year when Virginia State uh, ended up winning it and ultimately won the CIAA championship. You've had. You know, you've had the battles, Bowie State, Virginia Union. Virginia Union not quite able to get over the hump. As a matter of fact, Virginia Union hadn't won 
the title despite several opportunities laying right before it. But what the Panthers were, they had a couple of eight and two seasons, but what the Panthers were able to do on last year with the eight and two season was make it to the division two playoffs. But if I look in the South, I mean, the last five years, it's been all about Fayetteville State. Fayetteville State has been in the CIAA championship game the last five years. Now, it's had some competition from Shaw, not so much last year. You look at Fayetteville State, and, and the Broncos really ran away with the division on last year. A 7-1 conference record. Shaw was next at 4-4. Four and four. I think a lot of what happened to Shaw on last year uh, was because of injuries, and we're going to talk more about that. Fayetteville State, the defending champs. We fast forward now to the present in 2023. Let's go back a couple of weeks ago when Fayetteville State was picked to win the division. So the Broncos have been picked to win the division, or to, not just the division, but to, to preseason favorites to be CIAA champions overall, and rightfully so. I mean, they you listen, the Broncos lose quite a few players, um, but they they the the Broncos return a quarterback that at least has some experience. And what we've seen from the Broncos in the previous seven seasons with Richard Hayes as the head football coach, you've seen from the Broncos that offensively the Broncos are there. They're going to get it done. The Broncos had had struggled, had had some struggles defensively, but last year it was the defense that really came through. And you could see the makings of that going back to the 2021 season when the defense was very, very solid. As a matter of fact, off that defensive team, uh, Joshua Williams was drafted in the fourth round by the Kansas City Chiefs, saw some significant playing time last year as the Chiefs went on to win the Super Bowl. So you see the makings of that Fayetteville State defense kind of coming to fruition. This is where, um, you know, a couple of things. When I look at the the, uh, the preseason predicted order of finish, and like a, most coaches say, and it's, you know, coaches will tell you, you know, about the polls, that they don't really buy into the polls and all those kind of things. And I think th- that's not true all the way in this respect. A, I think sometimes coaches use the polls as motivation, particularly uh, if they are being disrespected, okay? I think the, the coaches definitely can use um, that as motivations, and I think uh, motivation, and I think sometimes um, the, the, some of the coaches do look at those things. Now, some may not place as much emphasis on it, but, but, but again, if you've been disrespected or not picked in a certain place, you can look at it. Now, a, a coach like Richard Hayes may say, well, we're not really concerned about the polls, uh, being number one, um, you don't want your team to get some kind of complacency. But I bring that up because of this. I looked at the preseason predicted order of finish, and I see Bowie State is number two, okay, uh, over Virginia Union, um, which I think I'm not really sure what's happening, uh, why that pick was made. You know, Bo- I mean, Bowie State, now, of course, you know, you have the transfer portal. You've got guys that can come in and fill in the program. But, I mean, they lose D.J. Golan, the, the quarterback, who was the the uh, offensive player of the year in the CIAA last year. So you lose your trigger man. Yes, got some good pieces coming back, no doubt, on defense. Although you lose a Joshua Pryor. I mean, that's a huge, huge loss uh, on your defensive line. But it's no doubt 
you know, when I look at Bowie State, I mean, Bowie State definitely has some players uh, coming back. Keyshane Hinkley, um, the wide receiver, comes back. But again, who's, you know, who's going to throw the football to him? That is definitely a question mark. And then in the secondary, I mean, uh, Jadon Carter comes back um, for Bowie State. But, you know, the, the cupboard's not bare, but I think Bowie State loses a lot. But when I look at Virginia Union, and I see a guy like a Jada, a Jada, uh, Jada Byers coming back, the running back, who's HBCU All-American last year. Um, the young man rushed, is either over, I think it was over for, for over 1,500 yards. Um, he's one of the best, he, he, I think he was a top five rusher in Division Two, and he's, you know, the number, and I don't have the numbers in front of me, but the number of rushing touchdowns um, that he had, that's going to open up things for Virginia Union from an offensive perspective, all right, from the quarterback perspective, it's definitely going to be able to open some things up um, for Virginia Union as well. So I'm not really sure what was happening there. So that means if you're talking about Bowie State overall as the number um, three pick and Bowie State at number two, what it means is in the division, the Northern Division, the pick is Bowie State number one and Virginia Union number two. And I thought that was very interesting. I think Union wins um, the conference. Now, maybe some of that is because you look at Union over time. And listen, Union hasn't won a Northern Division crown. Uh, it, you know, it, it's been a good little while since Virginia Union has been to the CIAA championship game. So maybe that was taken uh, into consideration um, there. Okay. You've got Shaw at number four. And, I mean, I, 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 I like this pick. I think when I look at the Bears last year, I think a lot of what happened with the Bears was, uh, was from a, um, a perspective of injuries. The, the Bears had a lot of injuries last year. This was a Shaw team that I really thought was going to challenge and maybe even overtake Fayetteville State for the Southern Division crown. Now, that's not to say that um, Shaw didn't have some other issues other than um, injuries. Adrian Jones, the head coach there, be the first to taste going into the seventh season. He'll be the first to tell you that. Um, but I think this year the Bears are going to be healthy. They understand their quarterback situation, but they've got one of the best running backs in the CIAA coming back in Sidney Gibbs. He didn't have as great a season as maybe he had going back to the 2021 season when he was first team uh, all CIAA, but nonetheless, he had a really, really good season. You got a guy like that on your team. I mean, I think that is going to be, that's going to bode well uh, for, for Shaw. Uh, when I look at the rest of the, the, of the division, you know, Johnson C. Smith is third. I mean, they, you know, when I look at the golden bulls, you know, they've got to make sure, that the trigger man is is in the right situation. But they've got a kid, Brevin Caldwell, uh, a wide receiver who is really, really good. Uh, Maurice Flowers has an, is an excellent offensive mind. So I think, you know, Johnson C. Smith is going to figure it out um, from that perspective. But I still think in the Southern Division, it's Fayetteville State and Shaw. Okay, now in the Northern Division, right? I mean, you know, to me, it's Virginia Union. But I mean, you know, Virginia State, Henry Frazier, you know, in his first year at Virginia State, I mean, I think he had a really, really good season. I think Virginia State um, can challenge. Now, let, let's look at this, okay? Let's remember a couple of things. A, Bluefield State comes into the conference. So you lose Shawan, 
But Bluefield State comes into the conference. I think that's good. I think Bluefield State um, is going to is going to um, bring some competition immediately to the CIAA. You look at what fit, what uh, Bluefield State did last year. Bluefield State went four and four last year. Um, but even as important in a in a in a year where it's it's first year of its football program, um, but even more so, beat a couple of CIAA opponents. Um, so I thought that was really big uh, for Bluefield State. I'm not they're not going to come in. I don't think they're going to come in and challenge for the Northern Division. But I think that's big. But here's here's what I look at as a sleeper team. Um, I, I I think Lincoln. I think uh, Coach Dean, um, Josh Dean has got that team on the right trajectory because if I've looked at Lincoln over many many years and when I think back to like the 2010 2011 Lincoln had some decent teams like we're talking about teams that you know would be four and six five and five um, that hasn't been the case recently Lincoln if I can remember has lost all of its games uh, in a course of a season more recently, may have won one game, may have won a couple of games during the course of a season. But Lincoln's got a trigger man in Isaiah Freeman. Watch out for Isaiah Freeman. The quarterback had a solid true freshman year. Last year put up some decent numbers. I expect him to be even better in 2023. And while I don't think Lincoln's going to be in the upper echelon uh, of the conference as a whole, um, to say that Lincoln, who's been picked to finish last in the division, um, by the way, in 10th overall in the CIAA, could be a top three team, meaning really third. Um, I don't think that's out of the realm of possibility for the Lions this season. I think another team that's going to be improved um, is Livingstone. I think um, Sean Gilbert um, in his third season now as the head coach there, uh, to me, the Blue Bears took a big step last year. Big step last year. You're talking about a team that won a couple of games in 2000, uh, one game in 2021 to a team that won four games last year. So I think that's a big step. They lose some pieces now. Don't get me wrong. They like the defensive back. Uh, and matter of fact, I do have it in front of me. The defensive back, and I'm going to get that information for you Um Right now, well, I thought I was going to get that information, but they lose they lose a kid um, that was really big last year. Had a bunch of interceptions. His name is escaping me right now. It doesn't come back. Um, if you go back, and I'll have to go back uh, and listen to our uh, countdown to kickoff from a couple of weeks ago. Sean Gilbert mentioned that this young man wasn't returning in the secondary. I think that's big, but I think from an offensive perspective, uh, the Blue Bears um, should be pretty good this year. And they're going to be pretty good on the defensive side of the football uh, as well. So, uh, you know, you've got a CIAA that's continuing to improve. I think the key, if Shaw is able to compete, they're going to have to stay, the, the Bears are going to have to stay healthy the first four games of the season because um, that that's it's brutal. You open against the the division, the defending uh, Division II HBCU national champs in Benedict and Benedict's going to be very, very good. As a matter of fact, Shaw has to go to Benedict this year. I think that's going to uh, uh, for the opening game of the season. That's going to be tough. Then comes back home to host Virginia Union, who I think is going to win 
the Northern Division, and then the next two games are on the road. Even uh, at Bowie State, that's going to be tough. And then um, at Elizabeth City State, who's going to be improved this year. So you're talking about your three of your first four games away from home. And, but fortunately, those are, they're, they're non-conference, if you will. Even though the Bowie State and Elizabeth City State are conference games, they're non-division um, games. So those first four games, uh, if you're the Bears, you want to be competitive. It's not the end of the world. If, um, you know, they maybe say start one and three. It's not the end of the world, but you want to at least be competitive in those games, be healthy, and then get ready, you know, for that home stretch. Uh, maybe even the first five games because you got Virginia State, although uh, as the fifth game, although Virginia State is a game um, that is at home. So the Bears are going to be at home um, after that for the next three weeks, the first game against Virginia State, then division opponents in Johnson, C. Smith, and Winston. So while the first part of the season, the first four games, uh, three of the first four games are away from home, the next three are at home. So really, you're talking about four of the first seven games for the Bears, excuse me, at home. And uh, it, it, it could be an opportunity um, for the Bears to uh, to to. Uh, you know, by the time you get through that seventh game, be in position, okay, uh, because on October 21st at Livingstone and then at home on October 28th, the next to last game of the season, which the last game of the season is against the, uh, their rival um, St. Augustine's, who, of course, St. Augustine's and, and Shaw separated by 1.8 miles. Uh, but if you're the Bears, get to that point, be in position to take on the Fayetteville State Broncos, the defending champs. And I do, again, I do believe that that Northern, the Southern division this year is going to come down uh, to the matchup between uh, Fayetteville State and the Shaw Bears. That's a look at the CIAA this year um, and giving you my thoughts this week on the HBCU Football Daily Podcast. We're going to take a look at the CAA, more specifically Hampton and North Carolina A&T. We're going to take a look at the SIAC, and then I'm going to have a couple of replays of some conversations that I had with a few of the coaches at MEAC Media Day going back to uh, a couple of weeks ago. Don't forget to tell a couple of friends about the HBCU Football Daily Podcast. Also let them know to subscribe to the Box to Road channel and on the HBCU Football Daily Podcast. You can find us uh, on YouTube, on the Box to Row YouTube channel, as well as on BoxToRow.com and iHeartMedia.com, where you can download and listen to the podcast. Talk with you tomorrow. We hope you enjoy this episode of the HBCU Football Daily Podcast. You can watch on our YouTube page on YouTube at HBCU Football Daily Podcast. Don't forget to get your HBCU football fix on Box to Row with Donald Ware each weekend on a radio station near you and on Sirius XM on the HBCU channel, channel 142, and on ESPNU Radio on Sirius XM, channel 84. Follow us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram for the latest in HBCU football. And don't forget to tell a friend.